Proverbs 10, or 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of a spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships which bringeth her food from afar. She ariseth while also while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is a law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. I tie this simply, a virtuous mother. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity that we have to be gathered together this morning, and thank you for the, your word and the instruction and that gives us concerning every area of life. Uh, Father, we pray that you'd encourage mothers today and those that would one day desire to be mothers lord i pray that you would speak to their hearts especially just encourage us strengthen us help us all to glean something from your word it would be profitable and useful in our service for thee we do pray in jesus name amen so think about this word virtuous it's a rather interesting word it it has a Quite a variety of meanings. Um, power, purity, influence. Uh, it's, it's translated this way in the Old Testament. Give not thy strength, that's the word, unto women. Proverbs 31.3. Jeremiah 34.7 translated it, translates it army. When the king of Babylon's army fought against Jerusalem. Uh, Genesis 47.6 translates it activity uh, the land of Egypt is before thee the best of the land make thy father and brother to dwell in the land of Goshen let them dwell and if thou knowest any men of activity that's the word same word virtuous translate virtuous here in our in our passage um, in in uh, Exodus 18:25, it's translated able for example Moses chose able men or words, men of ability men of talents out of all Israel made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifty, and rulers of ten. In Joshua 6.2, it's translated valor. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I good in thine hand Jericho and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. So 
the same word translated here, virtuous, is translated all these ways in the Old Testament. Strength, like an army, uh, a person of activity or ability or of great valor. So it's a very descriptive word, you might say. And, 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 and of course, this, this passage of Scripture was written, we, we believe that Lemuel, if you go back to verse 1, it says the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. We believe that, it was, that Lemuel was another name for Solomon, and that Bathsheba gave him this prophecy, instructed him, and, and, and what to look for in a wife. Now, Solomon got a wife like that. The Shunammite. But he also got a lot of them that weren't like that. He didn't, he didn't heed very well his mother's instructions. But these, these, have, these are the ideal, you might say, of a virtuous woman. And I want to notice just four things, and I have some subpoints considering this virtuous woman. First of all, her price. Verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous woman? That's a good question. For her price is far above rubies. In uh, Proverbs 26, 20, in verse 6, it says, you know, it says the same thing about a faithful man. It says, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man, who can find? And so the question here is, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The word far means it's distant. It's, it's like it's in a distant land, so it would be hard to find. Uh, the phrase above rubies, or the words above rubies, has the idea of more shining, more shining in body than pearls. For example, Job said in Job 28.12, No mentions were made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. Talking here about wisdom. Proverbs 3.15, She is more precious than rubies. Again, it's talking about wisdom. And all things that canst, thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Uh, Proverbs 8.11, For wisdom is better than rubies. And all things that thou may be desired are not to be compared to it. Proverbs 20, verse 15. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. And in Proverbs 31:10, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is not better. It's not above. It's far above rubies, he says. Far above rubies. In other words, she cannot be purchased with earthly things. She is more of more value than any earthly things. And in this world, a virtuous woman is rare. She's rare. You know, Abraham sent to a far country to get a virtuous woman for his son. He went to great expense to find a virtuous woman for Isaac. See, a virtuous woman is only from the Lord. She's only from the Lord. Only the Lord can make a virtuous woman or a faithful man. That's Proverbs 20, verse 6 tells us. In Proverbs 18, in verse 22, it says, Whoso findeth a wife 
findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. And, and again, he's talking about a virtuous woman here. And again in Proverbs 19, verse 4, um, wrong verse. Oh, verse 14, I'm sorry. Proverbs 19, 14. Houses and, house and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. And of course, uh, Proverbs 31 here, verse, uh, verse 30 says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. You, know, you can get all those things in the world. You can get favor and you can get beauty. But it fades like a flower. And many times it becomes a thing of disgust, unfortunately. But favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. See, her price is far above rubies. And it is her, and it is the Lord that makes this woman a virtuous woman. And of course, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3, 4, that it is her meek and quiet spirit that is of a great price. You know, some people equate meekness with weakness. Well, it is not. It is not weakness. Meekness is being, I've described it this way, accepting whatever it is God gives you with a right attitude. Being, being weak to defend yourself, but being strong in the Lord. Moses was called the meekest man on the earth. He was not weak. He led two million people in the wilderness. He was not weak, but he was meek. He was very obedient and submissive to the Lord. So her price is far above rubies. Secondly, I want you to notice her place. Verse 11 and 12 says, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. You know, she, she is trusted... By her husband, uh, you know, she, you know she, her place is in the heart of her husband. She is trusted by him. As we think about this, you know, you know, he he. The idea here of her him putting her trust in her is that he trusts her to be skillful and economical in the use of their resources. David Thomas said this, quote, Her management is so skillful, industrious, and economical that her husband has no temptation to go out of his way to do aught that is dishonest in order to increase his resources. Many a husband has been prompted to deeds of dishonesty through indolence and extravagance of the partner of his life. He has confidence in her. That, well, she will use wisdom. You know, really, and I'll get this a little more later, but the wife is, is like the household manager. That's what a homemaker is. She's been, and, and that's her God-given responsibility. We'll see that a little bit later. But, but she's been given like the, to be the manager of the household as he goes out to work. You know, he, he's, of course, the overseer, but she's the man, she manages the day-to-day, hour-by-hour activities. 
makes the purchases of groceries and clothes and things like that. So she is handling the fine, you know, the money, spending the money. The idea here is she is skillful with it. She's economical with it. And he has complete confidence in her. He trusts her. Why don't you notice the second thing? There's evident reverence for her husband. Notice verse 12 and also verse 23 and then also verse 26. It says, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Verse 23 says, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. And then verse 26 says, she openeth her mouth with wisdom and her tongue is the law of kindness. A virtuous wife considers it her, her chief duty to know her husband and learn how to please him and be a help meet for him, to him. One commentator says she, she knows how to listen when he talks, cheer him when sad, encourage him when downcast, when to be silent and when to speak. You know, many a wife has severely damaged the confidence of her husband by her opinions, critical opinions. And so, you know, think about it, as you think about that, you know, a virtuous woman reverences her husband. Reverences her husband. Submits to his leadership. Uh, I... I Often thought some women will complain, criticize till the husband reacts and gives her what she wants, and then she realizes maybe I didn't want that. You know, Eve got what she wanted. After she got it, she didn't want it. Rebecca deceived her husband. She got what she wanted, but it was a bitter pill to swallow for the rest of her life. And Rachel also. You know, she brought idolatry in the house of Jacob with her idols. So a virtual, virtuous woman knows how to please, how to entreat her husband, to counsel with meekness. You know, she also knows how to, keep, uh, to be affectionate, to please her husband. You know, Titus 2.4 says, that they may, speaking about the aged women, they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. So this is a wife that shows reverence to her husband. Proverbs 12.4 describes her as a crown on his head. It says a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Ladies, don't embarrass your husband. Don't shame him. You'll cause him just to rot and wither away. You see here, but, but the picture here is of this virtuous woman who is a crown to her husband. And I want you to think about this. Where is he sitting? In the gates. Now, you might think I'm reading into this, but what I get from this is she has a lot to do with the fact that he's a leader among men. Her influence has encouraged him and given him confidence and strengthened him so that he's not ashamed to sit with the leaders in the gates. 
She's a crown on his head. On his head. Think about it. He's got the crown on his head. It's his wife. You know, um, uh, 1 Corinthians 11.7 tells us that she is the glory of man. 1 Corinthians 11.7 says, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. You see, and he is known in the gates. You such a woman has great power of influence by her reverence and her encouragement, her deference, her submission to her husband is a great influence in his life. So that's her place. I want you to notice thirdly. I was thinking about that before I go to that. This this uh, couple of little things here I I, I picked up. Um, this inside of her her imaginary list. At her golden wedding anniversary celebration, my grandmother told guests the secret of her happy marriage. On my wedding day, I decided to make a list of ten of my husband's faults, which, for the sake of our marriage, I would overlook. As the guests were leaving, a young matron whose marriage had recently been in difficulty asked my grandmother what some of the faults were that she had seen fit to overlook. Grandmother said, To tell you the truth, my dear, I never did get around to listing, listing them. But whenever my husband did something that made me hopping mad, I would say to myself, Lucky for him, that's one of the ten. <laughs> you know, Proverbs does say love covers a multitude of sins. Um. Uh, this is entitled Love You Anyway. I'm not sure where I got this. Um, it came out of a paper I get. Anyway, it, says, it goes like this. The fear of rejection may be one of the most basic fears of human experience. Dr. Joe Harding tells a heartwarming story of a man who finally decided to ask his boss for raise in a salary. It was Friday. He told his wife that morning what he was about to do. All day, the man felt nervous and apprehensive. Late in the afternoon, he summoned the courage to approach his employer. To his delight, the boss agreed to a raise. The man arrived home to a beautiful table set with her best china. Candles were lighted. His wife had prepared a festive meal. Immediately he figured that someone from the office had tipped her off. Finding his wife in the kitchen, he told her the good news. They embraced and kissed, then sat down to a wonderful meal. Next to his plate, the man found a beautifully lettered note. It read, Congratulations, darling. I knew you'd get the raise. These things will tell you how much I love you. While on his way to the kitchen to get dessert, he noticed a second card falling from her pocket. Picking it off the floor, he read, Don't worry about not getting a raise. You deserve it anyway. These things will tell you how much I love you. Total acceptance, total love. Her, her love for him was not contingent upon his success at work. In fact, just the opposite. If he were rejected by his boss, he would be all the more accepted at home. She stood behind him no matter what, softening the blows, loving him. We can be rejected by almost anyone if we are loved by one. See, a virtuous woman, the heart of her husband, does safely trust in her. Then thirdly, her practice, her practice. Notice verses 13. Um, a couple of things here. I've got three sub-points on this. First of all, she has a servant's heart. Verse 13 says, She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. 
She has a servant's heart. She works willingly. She views, she views her labor, her work, as a labor of love for her Lord and her family. It's not. It's not, as we would think, laborious or a drudgery. It is a labor of love. She works willingly. Willingly. She has a servant's heart. She is also diligent in her labors. Um, verses 14 through 19. It says, She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth while also while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. Uh, so, so here you see she has she is diligent in her labors. You know her merchandise is good. She has many skills. Now, we are in a different time period, obviously, than than the Book of Proverbs. Um, you know, and 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 uh, you know, virtuous woman today is not going to find herself in every situation you read about here in, here in Proverbs. However, the applications are can be the same. Uh, she's skillful. You might say she's skillful in shopping, thrifty in the purchasing necessity. Her spending is purposeful, cautious, practical. She spends carefully, making good investments, getting the most for your dollar. You know, the cheapest is not always... The cheapest, I've always said. You know, you get what you pay for. So she makes wise purchases. She knows how to manage the household. Uh, notice again verse 15. She riseth also while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. So, you know, of course, all these things has to do with managing the household, meals, cleaning, clothes, uh, clothes schedules, schooling. Hey, you can't be a dimwit and do all these things. This is a woman who has some wisdom, has some character about her, and applies herself to life, to the things of life, and serves her household. She is a servant. She has a servant's heart, and she's diligent. She's a, she is a woman of wisdom. Verse 26 says, she openeth her mouth with wisdom. In her tongue is the law of kindness. Uh, you know, her, her wisdom, of course, the fountain of wisdom is, is you know, she fears the Lord. She's a woman that fears the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 19.10 says, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, in, but, but, so despite the fact, you know, this is a busy woman. But despite the fact that she is a busy woman, she has time in her busy life for God and His Word. And of course, it is evident in her speech. Um, it says in verse 26, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. Proverbs 15.2 says, The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright. Uh, it is evident in her kindness. 
kind to her husband, her children, to poor, to strangers. She stretches out her hand to the poor. She reaches forth her hands to the needy, verse 20 tells us. Uh, in looking to the ways of her house, verse 27, notice she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. When you think about the ways of her house, she's not only concerned about whether they're fo- are fed and clothed, but are they being taught properly in the ways of the Lord? Are they being properly guarded? You know, as you think about, and I mentioned this, that she is the household manager. Part of that responsibility is to guard the home. Titus 2.5 says, To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home. And that word keepers at home, that phrase according to Thera's Greek lexicon means keeping at home, taking care of household affairs, a domestic, Strong's describes it as to a guard. A guard. A stay-at-home, domestically inclined. So she's not just concerned about whether they're clothed and fed, but what about their minds? What about their hearts? How are they being trained? And not just in academics, but in the fear of the Lord. You know, it takes a lot of wisdom to guard and train children to be God-fearing, profitable citizens to a society. This was in uh, Washington Flyer. It says, at home mothers impact academic achievement. A study evaluating 1,000 families published in the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development Study of early child care concluded that children achieve more if their mothers do not work during the children's developmental months. Children with mothers who worked more than 30 hours a week before the child was nine months old, nine months old, think of it, nine months old, scored lower on the Bracken School Readiness Test. The effects of low parental involvement in those early months affected the academic achievement of children until they were seven or eight years old. Staying home with your children is not in vain. Uh, this came out of uh, the O. Timothy. Um, it says a large survey by Red Book magazine, not exactly a conservative magazine, by, by the way, but a large survey by Red Book magazine finds that 90% of stay-at-home moms are happy, the largest percentage of any. Think of it, the largest percentage of any profession. The survey called Mum Gig found that 30% are happy, whereas 56% are either very happy or extremely happy. The happiest are moms with four or more children. So more is merry, you see. Uh, more than 60% of stay-at-home moms contribute to the household income, with 25% running a home business. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. Uh, and he goes on quoting Proverbs. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it takes a lot of wisdom. You know, Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father 
and forsake not the law of thy mother. Who was it that impacted, had the greatest impact on Timothy? Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.5, When I call remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded in thee also. You know, not to discredit their fathers, but Jochebed had great influence in the life of Moses. Hannah had great influence in the life of Samuel. Two of the greatest men of the Old Testament. They had virtuous mothers. Then thirdly, or fourthly, I'm sorry, her praise. So we see her price, her place, her practice, and her praise. Two parts here. First of all, praise of her children. Verse 28 says, her children arise up and call her blessed. The word arise means to stand or come on the scene. Become powerful to be established. So when her children come on the scene or come to maturity is the idea. Or become established. The word blessed here, of course, means happy, successful, straight on. Speaks of strength and firmness. Charles Bridges in his commentary said, quote, We may picture to ourselves her condition, crowned with years, her children grown up, perhaps themselves surrounded by families, endeavoring to train them as themselves had been trained. Their mother is constantly before their eyes. Her tender guidance, her wise counsels, her loving discipline, her holy example are vividly kept in remembrance. They, niece, they cease not to call her blessed and to bless the Lord for her as his invaluable gift, unquote. So what you have here is a picture of children that grow up, marry, raise children as they were taught by their mother, which is a testimony to her life, her ministry. It is a ministry. Homemaker is a ministry. She's a household manager. Notice, notice what verse 31 of, of Proverbs 31 says. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Just see, her works are praising her. Uh, Psalm 127 <clears throat> Psalm 127, verse 3 to 5, says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As heirs in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man, and I would say happy is the woman also, that hath her quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. 128, verse... Uh, one, blesses everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be. It shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants 
round about that table. You know, an olive plant we talked about Thursday night that speaks of 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 you know the oil for an olive plant speaks of light and life. Um, behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord, and and you could say the woman also. Uh, the Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. Thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. So what you have here is a picture of children who rise up and give testimony of the blessing of a virtuous mind. Not only is she praised by her children, but she is praised by her husband. Notice verse 28 and verse 29 also. It says, And her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou. Now, one commentator said it seems that the husband is speaking directly here. It changes from she or her to thou. I guess you'd call that first person. Thou. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. One commentator said, he cannot refrain, quote, he cannot refrain from bestowing praise on one whom he finds to be the sweetener of all his cares, his faithful advisor in perplexities, his comforter in every distress, the instrument of the great part of his earthly happiness, his best friend, his unceasing joy, and his brightest crown. R.G. Lee, in his book, Whirlwinds of God, said this, What has not woman meant to man? She is a synonym, synonym of all that is holy in religion, synonym of all that is encouraging, stimulating, and soothing in life's stress and sorrows. Woman, God's loveliest gift to man. Woman, synonym of home and love, of wifehood, of motherhood, of sisterhood, of daughterhood. Woman, synonym of all gentleness, of charm, of winsomeness, of heart's ease, or sacrificial service. Woman, the uncomplaining bearer of burdens, the partner of pain and pleasure alike, the keeper of the mysteries of life, the fount of joy, the confident of weakness and sorrow, the share of tears and laughter. Woman, she means to the race all that men's hearts have yearned for, in rest from labor, in refuge from defeat, in comfort from sorrow, in understanding and encouragement, in reproach, in cheer and encouragement, in struggle. Woman. You see, her husband riseth up and calls her blessed. You ever thought about this, men? What would we be like if there was no women? We'd be like a bunch of beasts, I fear. You know, we have many great examples in the Bible of a virtuous woman. One that stands out in my mind is Ruth. Ruth 3.11 says, Boaz speaking, he says, Now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requires. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. You know, Ruth was a virtuous woman. 
and everybody knew it. But what was it that made her so? Well, in chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, Ruth said this. And Ruth said, speaking to Naomi, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to be returned from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. See, Ruth feared God. She had put her faith and trust in the Lord and submitted herself to Him, willingly giving up the comforts, the security, and the ease of this world. having no assurance of what the future held for her. But she did that to follow the Lord and Naomi. Was she rewarded? You know, Proverbs 20, uh, 31 25 says, Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. You know, being a mother is not easy. It's difficult. It's a lot of work. Susanna, Susanna Wesley is, is famous for saying that if you're going to be a mother, you can figure giving up, giving up 20 years of your life. but she shall rejoice in time to come. See, her reward is great. Her children will rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also be praised with her. Who can find a virtuous woman? And again, the secret to a virtuous woman is she fears the Lord. The woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Might God help us all and help mothers, those who desire to be mothers, to learn to fear God, to walk with him, submit to his will. The woman that feareth the Lord doesn't say might be, it says shall be praised. Thank the Lord for virtuous mothers. Let's pray.